Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 but god delivers the israelites they're back up against the wall of the red sea the the situation seems hopeless two million jews trying to escape egypt and they see thousands upon thousands of chariots and horsemen and soldiers approaching they have nowhere to go they're sitting ducks and what does god do he parts the waters of the red sea the the israelites cross on dry land and the egyptians are swallowed up in the waters as they pursue Now, in response to that miraculous deliverance of God, that's what I want you to take note of here, in times of deliverance, there is great praise that comes forth from the people of God. Moses leads two million Israelites in this song as a response to their being delivered and rescued from the hand of the Egyptians. And this is just the beginning. If you want to write this down, Exodus chapter 15, you can read the entire song later. But listen to the first three verses. This is what Moses teaches the children of Israel to sing. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he uh, he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. And the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. They break out in song, recounting the deeds of the Lord, in celebration for such a great deliverance. You realize that the scripture says, Moses himself said in Deuteronomy chapter 18, he said, I'm going to raise up for you a prophet like unto myself. This is the Lord speaking through Moses. God's going to raise up for you a prophet much like myself. Him you will listen to. He will be your deliverer. The one who will redeem you. The one who will rescue you. Do you know who that deliverer was? He has a name and his name is Jesus. And if your back is up against a wall this morning like the Israelites found themselves and the situation seems hopeless and it seems like certain doom, impending doom is coming in the form of chariots and horsemen and soldiers, you too can cry out to God and he will deliver you. The scripture says this, Jesus said this, whom the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. Delivered. Freedom. This is what Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says. It says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit yourselves again to the yoke of slavery. Don't go back to the land of Egypt. You've been set free. And if you understand what you've been set free from, because you, you might not have Egyptians that are chasing you this morning, but you know what? Each of us have things that are haunting us that are chasing us down whether it's depression or a broken relationship or an addiction 
or loneliness, the word that the Lord wants you to hear this morning is that he has delivered you from those things. And when you understand the deliverance, when you understand what you've been rescued from, the proper response is to cry out to God in song and appreciation and celebration of the deliverance that he's brought for you. Another man who uh, we can see throughout scripture breaking out in song upon the deliverance that he received from the Lord is David. If you've ever read the Psalms, you understand this, but there's one Psalm in particular I want to point out to you. And again, you can read this in 2 Samuel chapter 22 later on, and and you can read the entire song in Psalm chapter 18. But listen to the first few uh, verses from Psalm chapter 18. This is David's response. Listen to what he says here. The title of this is, To the Choir Master, a Psalm of David. Okay, This is what David is doing here. He's saying, all right, boys, strike up the band because I've got a song to sing about the deliverance that God has brought for me. Strike up the band, tune up the band, make sure they're ready to go because I've got to sing this song to bring glory to God. Strike up the band to the choir master, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord, who addressed the words of this song to the Lord on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies and from the hand of his Saul, his father-in-law, who was pursuing him. This is what he says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock or my foundation. He is my fortress or my place of safety. He is my deliverer, my rescuer, my redeemer, my savior, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my safe harbor, my safety from the storm, my shield, my protector. And the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I'm saved from my enemies. David says, something happened when I called out to the Lord. And remember, he's singing this. This is his response to seeing God come through for him time and time again. I sing out, I call out to the Lord who's worthy to be praised. And when I called out to him, I was saved from my enemies. Deliverer, when you understand the deliverer that delivers you, the one who rescues and redeems you, your Savior, when you have a true relationship with your Savior, you have no option but to be compelled to sing. Secondly, and to this point, I want you to take note that we as believers, we need to be singing in times of dedication. We see this being wrought out over and over, time and time again throughout the scriptures. When something happens uh, corporately, as, as the, the Israelites come together, something special is happening in their worship, they come together and they would sing. We see this when David brings the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem for the first time. And you can read this in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Again, I, I want you guys to take note of those things because I want you to know I'm not making this up, right? 2 Samuel chapter 6, go read that, right? But the scripture says that he gathers together all of the musicians. Look at what it says here. And David and all of the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and with lyres and with harps and with tambourines and with castanets and with cymbals. He's got a full-on band as he's bringing the Ark of the Covenant, that mercy seat. It holds the tablets, Moses' tablets. It's coming into Jerusalem, into God's city. And he, he, he brings the people together to celebrate in song. He literally has a band playing as the Ark of the Covenant enters into Jerusalem. 
You Bible scholars in the room understand that the Ark of the Covenant, that represents the presence of the Lord. So when the presence of the Lord comes into God's city, the people rejoice at this time of dedication as the presence of the Lord approaches the city. Now, in this text, you can read this later. I'm not making this up. 2 Samuel chapter 6, you can read about how every six steps they would sacrifice, offer an, an offering to the Lord. And the scripture says that David danced before the Lord with all of his might. The band is playing, the people are singing, David is singing, and he's twirling around, dancing in front of the people. This is the king of Israel. The scripture says that he's doing this in his undergarments, basically. He's not fully clothed. It's, he's in his undergarments, dancing before the Lord. And the scripture says that his wife sees what's going on and despises him in her heart. And when he approaches, she confronts him. And she says, you made a spectacle of yourself today. You look like a fool today. You look like you were drunk today. You know what David says? He says, I'm going to become even more humble than this, even more abased than this, because I know the one that I'm worshiping. I'll become even more undignified than this in my worship of God, because he's a God who is worthy. This dedication happens. David's there. He's dancing. He's singing. The band is playing. Why? Because they're celebrating this dedication moment. And I wonder what we've missed out on because we haven't truly entered into that kind of worship, that kind of worship like David entered into, where it doesn't matter who else is watching. I don't care if people see. I don't care if people think I'm drunk. I don't care if people say what they say. All that matters is I have an audience of one right now, and he is on the throne, and I'm dancing, and I'm singing, and I'm shouting, and I'm playing these instruments for him. Amen? Praise God. Sometimes we give our brothers over in the Pentecostal movement a hard time, don't we? And sometimes maybe it can be abused. Sometimes maybe people do things to draw attention to themselves. But look at David here. I don't care who's watching. I don't care what they say. I know whom I worship. And he's worthy. So he dances and he sings and he clashes those cymbals and he plays that harp. Whatever he does, right? Because God is worthy. Look at this. How about the, the story when Ezra, the, the Israelites, again, the Jews have been held captive in Babylon for 70 years. We're going to read about this beginning next week in the book of Daniel, this 70-year captivity that happens, right? Been, they've been held captive for 70 years, and finally they're able to go back to Jerusalem. They've rebuilt their temple, and at the dedication of their temple, this is what it says happens in Ezra chapter 3. This will be on the screen for you. When the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, with the Levites and the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord according to the directions of David, king of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with great shout when they praised the Lord. Great shout. They were not quiet. They were loud. People heard when they sang. And I'm not saying that it's wrong for you to be in the back sometimes, maybe contemplatively, being there whispering under your breath, if that's where you're at with the Lord. But you've got to not be ashamed to sing loud. This was a reason for celebration. They had come back. They had their temple restored. They could worship once more. And so those who hadn't seen the first temple, they're giving praise to God. 
Now look at what happens here when they go back and they rebuild the wall around the city for protection in Nehemiah chapter 12. This, again, this is in the same timeline. Ezra, Nehemiah, they're rebuilding what, what had been destroyed during this captivity. Nehemiah chapter 12. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all, in all of their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate with dedication, with gladness, with thanksgivings, and with singing, and with cymbals, and with harps, and with lyres. And the sons of the seniors gathered together from the districts surrounding Jerusalem and from the villages. And now look at verse 43. And they offered great sacrifices that day and rejoiced, for God had made them rejoice with great joy. The women and the children also rejoiced, and the joy of Jerusalem was heard far away. Listen to me. These people were celebrating during this time of dedication because they had lost their ability to worship. They were held captive. They couldn't worship. They couldn't celebrate the things of the Lord the way that they knew they were supposed to as God's people. But they returned after 70 years and they dedicate the temple and they dedicate the wall and they break out in joyous song because they were able to worship once more. Does this sound familiar at all to any of you? We weren't allowed to gather in our buildings. We weren't allowed to come together as God's people. We had to watch from home or watch on our phones for how long. And when we come back together, can you sense, do you understand that the Spirit of the Lord is in this place? And that this is what God has called us to do and it should give us great joy and people out on the street should hear us singing inside this room. The greatest testimony that the church will ever be. It doesn't matter what kind of Facebook campaign we put together. It doesn't matter if we have commercials. It doesn't matter if we put flyers on, on, on windows. It's when people hear the, it's when the lost hear the people of God rejoicing in song. And they say, why do those people have such joy when I'm so empty? These people went back to Israel, they went back to Jerusalem, they rebuilt their city, and they sang aloud. And the people far away heard their praises, and their hearts were pricked. And that's the kind of testimony I want this church to be. People outside these walls hearing the praises that I'm not going to just sing when I'm in the sanctuary of God, but I'm going to sing when I'm out on the streets. So we celebrate. Third point under that I want you to write down is during times of devotion, the people of God should be compelled to worship during times of devotion we see this fleshed out in 2 Chronicles chapter 28 and 29. And just, again, for the sake of time, I'm just going to kind of explain what's going on here. And there's a wicked king by the name of Ahaz. And his enemies had beaten him in war, had gained victory over him in war. And so he reasons within himself and he says, you know what? If my enemies have triumphed over me, it must be because, it must be because their gods are greater than my God. This is the king of Israel or the king of Judah that's doing this. So what does he do? He, he erects these uh, monuments and these altars to the gods of the foreigners that are all around him that have won victory. And he taints the temple of God even. Now, this is a heartbreaking thing for you to, to realize, but the, he, the Lord takes his life. And Hezekiah comes to the scene. Let me tell you what Hezekiah does. This is in, Hez, uh, this is in 2 Chronicles chapter 29. Hezekiah began to reign when he was 25 years old. And he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. 
So again, Ahaz brought all of this idolatry into the temple of the Lord, led the, the people of Judah in idolatry, but not, not for long. Hezekiah says, nope, that's not going to happen any longer. Verse 3, in the first year of Hezekiah's reign, in the first month, he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He brought in priests and Levites and assembled them in the square on the east. And he said to them, hear me, Levites, now consecrate yourselves and consecrate the house of the Lord. That means make it holy again of your fathers and carry out the filth from the holy place for our fathers have been unfaithful and have done what is evil in the sight of the Lord our God they have forsaken him and they've turned away their faces from the habitation of the Lord and they turned their backs on him they shut they also shut uh, the doors of the vestibule and put out the lamps and have not burned incense nor offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel so Hezekiah comes on the scene and says you know what enough is enough we need to get back to the worship of our God. We need to be devoted to him once more. We need to get rid of all of the detestable things, the unpure things, the unclean things that taint our temple. But the temple is more than the temple, you understand. Your heart is the temple of the Holy Spirit today. And so what do we learn from this? That before you can begin to properly worship the Lord, before you can truly be devoted to him, you've got to kick open the doors, repair what was broken, and you've got to kick out all the stuff that doesn't belong there. In your heart this morning, there are things that don't belong there. There needs to be a cleansing and a purging in the people of God in order for proper worship to take place once more. What are those things in your life that you need to confess before the Lord that you really truly need to cry out and say, God, take this from me. Forgive me of this sin. So he cleanses the temple. He brings back the priest. He says it's time for us to offer up to the Lord our offerings, our sacrifices once more. Listen to what it says here. 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 26. The Levites, when they began to offer up these offerings once more, the Levites stood with instruments of David and the priests with the trumpets. Then Hezekiah commanded that the burnt offerings be offered upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also. And the trumpets accompanied by the instruments of David, king of Israel. The whole assembly worshipped. And the singers, they sang. And the trumpeters, they sounded. All of this continued until the burnt offering was finished. When the offering was finished, the king and all who were present with him, they bowed themselves down and they worshipped. And Hezekiah the king and the officials commanded that the Levites sing praises to the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer. And they sing praises with gladness and they bowed down and they worshipped. In times of devotion, in times of dedication, yes, we, in times of celebration, we have to be able to come to a place where we will empty ourselves of wickedness, of sin, of detestable, gross, and vile things so that we can properly worship God the way he deserves. Hezekiah gets rid of it all, and then he brings the band back in, brings the priest back in, and says, let's worship once more. Times of revelation, we as believers should press in and have this compulsion to worship the Lord. In times of, of dedication, we as believers should press in. In celebration, we should press in and bring our devotion, our worship to the Lord. But let's shift gears just a little bit now. What about in our times of desperation? What about when things are not going well? 
When, what about those times, kind of like what maybe Carissa was talking about earlier, where you just don't feel like singing? What does the scripture say we should do? What should we be compelled to do in times like that? Well, first and foremost, I want you to understand that even when I am dry, I should be compelled to sing. Spiritually dry. You realize the children of Israel, they came time and time again during their wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Time and time again, they came to these seasons of dryness where there was just no water physically for them to drink. Their mouths were parched, film around their lips, the hot sun, the hot Sinai sun beating down on them. And they were so desperate for water. In Exodus chapter 17, you can see how they came to Moses and they accused Moses. They said, Moses, what did you do? You led us from Egypt just to come out into this, this wilderness to die of thirst. And the scripture says, Moses said that the people wanted to stone him, throw stones at him, murder him because they were so frustrated that they had no water. And so the Lord says to Moses, I want you to take your staff and I want you to strike the rock. And when you strike the rock, water will pour forth and the people's thirst will be quenched. So Moses does so. He strikes the rock and water quenches the people's thirst miraculously in their season of dryness. This happens again in Numbers chapter 20. You can read that later on. Again, the same thing. The people are threatening Moses and Aaron and they go before the Lord in desperation and in pleading with God, please, the people want to kill us because they're so thirsty. What do we do? And this time the Lord says, I want you to take your staff and I want you to stand before the people. He doesn't say strike the rock this time. He says, I want you to speak to the rock. What does the rock represent in this story? It represents Jesus. Jesus was struck once upon the cross. After that, Jesus doesn't need to be struck again. He says, to, he says to Moses, I just want you to intercede for the people. Speak to the rock and water will quench the people's thirst. But Moses, in his frustration and in his anger with the people, he goes before the people. He rises his, his staff and he strikes the rock twice. God is gracious and water spills out. But Moses can't enter the promised land because of that. But something happens in Numbers chapter 21. Let me read to you this what happens. Numbers chapter 21 verses 16 and 17 says this. And from there they continued to beer. Now don't get any ideas in here, right? It's just a city that, that is well with the Lord said to Moses. Listen to this. Gather the people together so that I might give them water. Then Israel sang this song, spring up, O well, sing to it. The people began to sing, and as they sang, water bubbled up from underneath the ground. Now listen to what this says, Psalm 105. Psalm 105 says this, He, the Lord, opened the rock and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river, for he remembered his holy promise and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones. He brought them out, delivered them from Egypt. When they were thirsty, he brought them out through singing, with singing. Now, look at this picture of a subterranean river so that you can understand what, what many Bible commentators believe is happening here. There's, this is an ecosystem. You have the rain happening. It's, you know watering the top of this mountain. The water soaks through. It finds the cracks and crevices. It ends up in a subterranean river that flows literally under the feet. What many Bible commentators believe happened here is that what God literally did is he sustained the people that there was a river that was under the people's feet and wherever the people went, the river followed and when they sang out in faith, he provided water for them. This is amazing, is it not? 
It happened when they sang out in faith. Spring up, oh well. I'm thirsty, I'm dry, I'm desperate, I need you. Spring up, oh well. And the water would bubble up from underneath the ground, from the subterranean river that flowed underneath their feet. Listen to me, this is what I want you to understand from this this morning. Many of you are suffering and you're dying of thirst and what you need to quench that thirst is right under your feet if you'll just sing out in faith. See, we, we can walk out and we can go and we can grab a bottle of water here. Water is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spiritual refreshing, a filling of the Holy Spirit that you're so dry and shriveled up and suffering spiritually and the river is right beneath your feet and the river wants to quench your thirst. The Spirit of God wants to quench your thirst and all you need in order to quench that thirst is to sing out in faith, spring up, oh well, refresh me, I need you. I'm desperate for you. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977